stay calm, don't panic. You got this. Hey guys, this is Carly and Chris back for the Don't Panic podcast. Um, and we're excited to have another interview today. Today we're interviewing Catherine Everest. But what's really special about this interview is it's not just with one adult, but we actually have four teenagers that are going to be a part of this interview. And we're so excited for you to get to hear from them, um, their experience as we talk about bullying. And so this isn't just a topic that we're going to talk about from what we think about bullying, but you're actually going to hear real life stories of teenagers, what they went through, how it affected them and how, what they're doing to change it. And we, we don't usually, we're not able to usually uh, interview students because there's just a mess of legalities you have to work mm-hmm. through and permissions. And um, we just haven't gotten to that point where we do that a lot. But I, as I was setting this interview up with, with uh, Catherine, she was like, I'll do this, but, you're also going to interview my students too. <laughs> so, so this was, this was uh, one of her ideas. And as you hear the interview, uh, she, um, this was kind of part of her plan. She really wants mm-hmm. to get this message out about bullying, about the effect it has on kids and what we can do about it. This is an important conversation. Right. And she has over 22 years of experience in the role of guidance and counseling. Um, so she was full of wisdom And the way it was really fun to watch her interact with the students Mm -hmm. too. And you'll hear this in her interview, but I mean, she cares, Mm -hmm. she cares about their stories. She cares about what's going on and she wants to be able to fix it, fix school campuses, especially in the climate that allows for bullying. And we kind of just to peel the curtain back a little bit. We, you know, these four students were kind of selected at random. Um, They were a little nervous, Mm -hmm. uh, as you would imagine, uh, and once they got into it, they definitely warmed up. Uh, so if you hear a little, little shaky voice or whatever, it's just cause they're, you know, they're, uh, they're a little bit nervous about being recorded, but, um, we, there are no names being used here. So, uh, none, none of these stories will be traced back to the students who shared them. Um, but definitely, uh, spend some time with these stories and, uh, kind of imagine if you were a teenager, dealing with some of these issues as you, as you hear their stories and, and the power that this has and the effect that it has long-term. Right. So take a listen to this interview and then we'll be back at the end and um, to kind of wrap up and talk about a few things. Check this out. So, Catherine, uh, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Uh, Catherine is the director of guidance and counseling. Got that right? Yes, you did. Okay, good. Absolutely. Right. A very short-term memory. So, um, so to get started, tell us a little bit about the issues you are seeing with bullying in the public schools, especially within middle schools and high schools. It's an interesting dynamic right now. Um, the publicity that the topic bullying has received has caused a great deal of I think misunderstanding that some of what we call bullying is, is unfortunately in my definition is bad behavior or mean behavior that it's not actually bullying, but because we don't really understand the term we're calling lumping it all into one category Mm -hmm. where there's a very specific definition for bullying um, that I think we need to be uh, aware of 
And so before we kick it to the students, what does bullying look like? In the board policy definition, bullying is actually pervasive, severe, and persistent. So it is targeted at a student or a group of students. It is repeated so that it causes duress and stress. You can have a student that's just mean, right? that has lacked social skills, that's disrespectful, that's loud. That is different than a person or a group of people that are targeting one person or a group of a, a couple of people over and over every day to the point that that student doesn't want to come to school, doesn't want to live, uh, feels ostracized and um, disenfranchised from life. And what types of bullying are most reported by students? And then maybe what are the kinds that kind of go that maybe adults we don't see as much or don't catch as easily? Um, it's an interesting Again, it's an interesting dynamic because the world has changed. What When uh, I'm older, as you can all tell, um, <laughs> but I know our listeners can't, so maybe they can think I'll be young for a minute during the podca- yeah, podcast. Yeah, they don't have to know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, no, in, historically, bullying looked as a physical or um, being ostracized from a group or, you know, left out. Um, it was verbal. It was very tangible in today's world because of the introduction of social media and because they are so easily uh, connected to a a group via social media through their smartphones etc and the computer um, it can be an emotional barrage of um, harmful and hurtful language um, uh, put downs ostracizing rumors that can be really detrimental to a person quickly. Mm-hmm. What's what's most concerning to you right now? What are you seeing that you're like, this is really bothering me? I worry about a, a lack of empathy or a lack of understanding that what they say to a screen or type on a screen has such can have such a damaging effect as as it can have such a global um positive impact with positive energy, mm-hmm. but that just a, in a nanosecond, a person's um, integrity can be destroyed, the, their whole persona can be impacted and changed for the uh, detriment of their um, existence. And mm-hmm. that's scary to me that they don't understand the lifelong impact a hateful word can say. Where it used to be between me and another person or a couple of people and the rumor could spread. But now that typed sentence or derogatory put down or defaming information can be sent to thousands of people quickly. Mm -hmm. And that has a really large, um, wide span of detriment, I guess. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I want to talk to you guys about a little bit about the online social media component of bullying a little bit later. But a couple of you guys, um, I'm turning to the students, by the way, <laughs> if you can't see on the podcast. Um, uh, a couple of you guys, if you want to share just a little bit about um, your experience with maybe being bullied at some point of your life, whether it was earlier on or if it was even recent. Just a, 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 a little, little bit of your story of, of your experience. Just one of y'all jump in. Well, once one story of mine is back in seventh grade where I was trying to fit into a group of guys, but then they didn't like me, so they just call in insults. I just keep on smiling and on until that 
one insult hurt my feelings, and that got me into most of my depression. So, so it was a group of guys trying to fit in, and then it just kept going. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, in seventh grade, I had this best friend. Um, we were really close or whatever, but I realized later on she used me for money um, and to gain social status because she kind of took me and rebuilt me to look better hmm. for everybody else. Hmm. And it really did hurt me because later on, as right now, when people come up to me and call me pretty, I'm just like, oh, it's just, it comes back to what she did to me oh. and everything, how she recreated me. And sometimes in my personality or the things I do, there's still a little bit of her left in me. And that was four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. it does. Thanks for sharing that, you guys. You want to? I mean, this was happened in elementary. You know, I had um, a neighbor too, and then a few classmates who would pick on me um, for one for my physical appearance, and so I would cover that part of me up, and all for over over five years. And it wasn't until maybe around I was 13 that I still bugged me, but I did something about it. And it even still bugs me up to today, but I kind of just learned to put that to the side. Yeah. So what I hear y'all saying is this didn't just affect right then when the bullying was happening, like when it was happening that moment. But this is something that bullying can take years to get over. or Maybe you don't ever get over it. It's something that you think about a lot. I mean... Yes, it is something that will still affect you for who knows how long. Because even now, like, I still wish that I wouldn't care about that physical appearance that, you know, that got to me. But I can't, I don't have it in me to, I guess, be back to how it used to be. I, every time I try to, you know, to let it be me again, I guess, it doesn't work out. I end up feeling, I guess, ashamed of how I look. Mm-hmm. It's gotten to the point where at least maybe four times already I almost committed suicide. And it's still true, like, it still hurts me to the, today, but I still keep on fighting on, on that insult that they did. It just always makes me think twice before I start talking to a group of people that I know are bullying people. So I just, try to stay out of that way and go my own way, try to make better friends that can help me. So for some of you guys, this this has affected how you trust people uh, your yeah. age. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. If I'm wrong about that, you can tell me. But I, I feel like I hear that kind of a common mm-hmm. thread between you guys. It, it does change how you trust people and it for a long time, for sure. At the time when this was going on, did anyone else know? Did you tell an adult or a friend maybe that was your age? Um, did anyone else know at that time what was happening? No, because I was usually quiet, so I didn't really give anyone about what I was dealing with back in middle school. So I didn't mm-hmm. talk to my friends, my family, no one. No, no one for me knew as well. Um, I would just tell them that, you know, I liked wearing that certain type of style 
And, you know, at one time my dad did say that, you know, that there was something wrong with me, that um, maybe I had a mental issue or whatever because I kept wearing that same style over and over again. But it never got to the point where anybody really knew. Um, Well, my parents knew there was something off about my so-called friendship with that person, but they never really questioned it to the point where they had to step in or anything. They just kind of let it be. Do you think uh, there's something that adults in your life, do you wish they had asked questions about that? Would that have helped? Is there something that someone could have done differently at the time? Um, I guess if there's, there's this, there's that parents aren't as involved as you could see. You see those kids that you have their parents pushing them to do great things that put them into sports to see what they'll enjoy as, but some parents don't some parents are just okay this is your responsibility you have to keep up with it it's not that we don't care about you it's just that you have to learn to deal with things on your own sometimes it's not good for you to let your kids deal with it on their own they still don't know how to mm-hmm. um, sometimes you know some people some parents might say that you know that it's not they don't want to pressure them into um joining clubs or sports um, because they want them to, you know, discover for themselves who they are and stuff. But putting them sometimes in those activities will help them become who they are. Sometimes that will um, be like a getaway for them from the things that are stressful later on when they get in life. It'll become their passion. So, Kath, I'm gonna turn I'm gonna turn this back to you for a second. You know, because that's you know, as we sit here and listen, I'm like. Oh, someone jump in! Like, someone help! You know, because you you hate to hear these stories of 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 anyone suffering through a bullying experience. You know, um, when a if, if a parent suspects something, um, what what action should they take? That's a really good question, and you heard from the experts themselves mm-hmm. that um, it it's a uh, parent involvement is critical. For kids, they may developmentally push their parents away, act like they don't want them. But the truth be known, you just heard from high school students that typically they really do want to know their parents care and want their parents involved in a different way to be um, aware for them to know that they matter. I, I think the one thing I would say to parents right now is that their experiences that they just shared from their hearts may seem a a crass way to say it would be trivial, that that might be trivial to think that somebody was putting her down because of a a body image issue or, you know, wanting um, or or not letting them in a a group. That's life. You know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the adult perspective. And we need to stop And we need to recognize that we don't like to be left out of social groups. Mm -hmm. We don't like to be criticized for our physical beings that are different than what has been set out as a, as a standard of um, a look or whatever. We want to be accepted in the country or in um, our classes or all of the things that we do. So I guess to parents, I want to say don't trivialize their hurts reach out and seek help from a talk to them and when i say talk to them that's kind of a oxymoron it's really listen to them mm-hmm. you know it parents often want to tell them 
how to handle it. They want to tell them it's no big deal. They want to tell them to get over it. When a parent could say, so what does that mean to you? How does that hurt? Or what can you or we do about that? Or, you know, and instead, I often hear parents say, well, what did you do to make them, you know, not let you or say that to you? Or it's always kind Mm -hmm. of, I guess parents are in a place and, or even teachers that they ignore or um, don't acknowledge the hurts that young people experience. Now, what about school staff, teachers, other counselors? What can they do to help if they're seeing it at school or if they notice that something's going on with a student? Well, I think there's a couple of things that, that we do as adults and in a school building. Number one, we build a climate where disrespect's not tolerated or accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ignorance, if we don't know what we don't know, oftentimes we say things that are hurtful and respond out of fear. And I think fear is the root of all hate and bad behavior, fear, when we're afraid of, of not being accepted, not making the grade, not making the team, that we do things that are unkind to other people to feel better, I guess. I don't I don't really know. But um, so the first thing is to create a climate where all kids are accepted and all teachers. I think that you'll find that some teachers in, or in a corporate entity or environment that they don't feel like they fit in. I think we as a human population need to pay better attention so that other people feel like they belong and that they matter. So the climate is the first thing. The second thing is if they see that there's a problem, that they speak to both kids mm-hmm. or all of the kids and that we provide uh, life skills lessons in the school environment to help teach people how to build positive relationships. But if something goes awry, awry, sorry, (laughs) awry, and a student says this is going on, believe them Mm -hmm. and say, well, let me check into that. Let me see what I can do to help. Mm -hmm. And then give it to people that need to either A, investigate it, or B, create a support plan, get a team of people that can help that child or that student be more successful. Well, specifically to that, just so, just so we're clear to the audience, you know, if, I, if I'm a parent, I'm suspecting my kids being bullied at school. Um, what's my first call? What's my first thing that I should do? I mean, I, I mean, obviously listen, and, and, and be, and be <laughs> right. but, 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 but then like, like where, what do I do? I'm going to say two things. Okay. Um, I'm the director of guidance and counseling. So I'm going to want the parent to reach out to the counselor. Mm-hmm. The professional school counselor has that master's degree to provide help and to listen and to navigate the school system with and for the, with the parents and for the student. Um, I also think the administrator does the investigation. We have a school board policy that they have 10 days. If it is reported to them that a child has been bullied or that their child has been bullied or a student has made an outcry or a teacher has reported it, mm-hmm. there's 10 days um, to investigate that, to determine um, the validity of the level of bullying that were pervasive, persistent, and severe, mm-hmm. that it is a targeted. Now, mean behavior, there's still things that we're going to do and intervene and provide support for the kids, but it's not a bullying Offense. Right, right, right. So just the, the, the procedure you talked about, about the 10 days, is that becoming normalized across education or mm-hmm. is that something that's, and not just, not, not, not just this district, but other ISDs, or is that starting to become more of the norm? Yes, it's that, an expectation in the Texas Education Code mm-hmm. that there be a policy mm-hmm. um, at, with every, um, in every school district or mm-hmm. public school district. Okay. Um, I can't speak for charter schools or private schools, but it, the, pub, the Texas Education Code 
and through TASB, the Texas State Association of School Boards, requires that every public school district have a policy of student welfare and then how it will be addressed if it's reported. That's good for parents to know that, that that is a system they can work through, for sure. Right. Okay, so going back to y'all, the students, um, is there anything when you were being bullied, did you ever confront that person? Or We already kind of talked about that there wasn't ever really an adult that you told, but how did you do something to end that or to stop that? Well, the first thing that I did was trying to separate from what they did to me, like, I, I used to try to fit in with that certain group, but then I stopped going to that group. I just kept isolating myself. I, I just found myself a other group. Was there something that, um, was there a, a moment or this a time you said, I'm, I'm done, I'm doing something different? Did something happen or it was just you just decided one day to do something different? I just said uh, one day I'll do something yeah. different. I mean, well, for me, it wasn't really exactly something I decided because I changed who I was in order to kind of please them. So it was mostly a matter of time until they went away Mm -hmm. that it really kind of actually got solved. Okay. Um, Well, for me, it was, it was repetitive and on and off friendship. So one time I had this other group of friends that would kind of, involved me and upset me and tell always tell me to come over here we'll hang out or whatever and one time they noticed my attitude changed my um how my grades were slipping how everything just was off and they asked me why do you keep going back and that really hit me i was just like there shouldn't be a point where i go back if i'm not happy with how everything's going if i don't see a good side to a friendship I shouldn't be going back anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was mainly because they noticed, not because teachers sometimes don't notice it. They just think it's, oh, they're not studying as hard as they should be. That's why their grades are slipping. They don't usually see it as a, oh, well, you're spacing out in class. You're daydreaming. It could be just that you're, you're like, why am I even here? Mm-hmm. Well, how, how can I focus on this when I hated so much by this other person in the same room? You're just, why am I here? And they think you're spacing out. You're not listening in class. Teachers take it to a point where they say they just can't handle the material we're giving them. Mm. It's not that. It's just our brains slip away when there's so much hate put towards us. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important for teachers to hear. Um, and coming from you and coming from someone that dealt with that of, if something's going on in the classroom, maybe the first thing they need to do is come ask, is everything okay? Not just with schoolwork, but is everything okay at home or with friends? Because I hear you saying that stuff else that happens outside of the classroom can affect how you're doing in school. I love that you said that because that's the the piece that an adult or a teacher wants to think maybe that it, they're lazy or they're disinterested or they're middle school or they're or they don't care. Mm-hmm. When the reality is... They're dealing with heartache, and so the schoolwork becomes less important because they're trying to navigate a social system. Exactly. Is there anything you wish you would have done differently? Or that looking back after the work that you're doing now that you said maybe this would have helped? 
I wish I would have just ignored their comments and, you know, just focus on the people who didn't say negative things about my appearance, who actually said positive things. And, you know, just keep enforcing that until they would have gone away, maybe to another grade level, another classroom or even another school. Well, I feel like I should have stayed away the first time instead of saying that this person necessarily needs a second chance people don't necessarily need a second chance sometimes a person's hurting you to the point where you feel like you can't keep holding on or keep going back you should just completely stay away from it and not try to go back anymore mm -hmm. and i really wish i stayed away um <clears throat> sometimes i just think i should have stood up to myself and stop letting them just push me to the point that i just want to go on anymore so I just think I should have stood up to myself and told them to stop Chris and I would just want to yeah. say that I picked them randomly I mm -hmm. knew nothing about their stories this is just what a typical teenager will tell you is that school is hard navigating peers and, and classmates can be difficult and disheartening and that we need to really develop and build strong relationships and healthy school climates where mm -hmm. kids feel safe and where they thrive. Mm -hmm. You guys shared these, these, these stories, things that you wish you would have done differently and um, stories that, you know, are, are sticking with you. But, you know, one of the reasons that you guys are here is um, you guys are trying to do some work to change your, the cultures on your school campuses. So I love that. I love that. I love that the things that have happened to you. You're like, no, nope, that's not cool. We're going to do something different here. Yeah. Um, so how, how are you, how, how are you helping, how are you wanting to help the, your fellow students, uh, on your campus with, um, with your story? Like, what are you doing now that's really trying to help others maybe not go through what you went through? Well, for me, it's that I am going to mess around with people. I tell jokes, um, and it's like any other teenager, we, we're going to mess around and, but for me, it's that I'm open to anybody. I can literally take anybody into my group or in my friendship circle and just have them around me and make them feel welcomed and go out of my way for them. But there's so much I can do for people. And sometimes those people aren't going to, they're going to go away from me and they're not going to want to talk to me anymore. Or they're just going to hurt you again. But I try to do it to everybody so that way no one feels the same way I felt. If it's someone that doesn't necessarily want to be in someone else's social circle because they feel like that's not where they belong, I'll give them the chance. I mean, I, there's something you have to have in common, at least one thing mm -hmm. with everybody. Else, what are you guys doing? What are you, what are you up to at your campus? Um, because when I was being bullied, I couldn't stand up for myself. So I try to stand up for the people who are being bullied mm. so they can just, we can stand up together Yeah, and stop the Talk bullying. about a little bit like what your INOC, your Disrespect It's Not Okay project was last year. I know you haven't planned. Wasn't it a week? Yes. Can you guys do a week or something? What was that? Um, well, one of the days that really stands out to me is that day where we wrote, a name on shirts, and we walked around the whole day. It was a name that we weren't necessarily comfortable with, but we were called um, that those words don't define who we are. Mm -hmm. 
we get called that and people will probably know us for that word, but we're, that's not really who we are. Because mm -hmm. me, myself, I can get an attitude with people, but really people are going to, like my word, honestly, I had two words. I had selfish and I had another word. I can't remember the other word. But me, myself, I'm not selfish. Those who really know me know that I go out of my way to give. Mm -hmm. And I've tried and tried because when I was younger, I didn't have a lot. So now that I have the opportunity to have way more than what I need, I give back a lot. Sometimes it goes good, sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I do give out a lot. And there's they've had words, too, on them. What are some of the words you guys had? Well, one of the words that I had was freak. And that really stood out to me because I'm not usually one of those normal guys that play on sports or anything at all. Well, that's basically it represents me right now okay. as a freak. Um, mine say African because I'm from Africa and people just used to make fun of me. And I just started embracing word African and be the African I can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think those shirts and I think you said it was a whole week. What did that week do for your school campus? Did anyone talk to you about it or what came out of that? Um, we got, we got some weird looks. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say we didn't. We got some <laughs> weird looks. Um, but a lot of people really did recognize us more. A lot of people were confused on what we were. They didn't really know what was going on, but we got, more people because it was just like five or six of us and it was in between our own social circle and we went beyond to another social circle now and we're hoping to have another social circle this year but we really did get bigger at our school so there's a lot more people that know about us and that week we involved so many people so many people ended up coming into the room while we were planning everything out and they volunteered to also wear shirts or crowns or what we had lined up they volunteered to help us set up for everything and people volunteered to take pictures and post them on social media it was just something that we realized that went a little bigger than what we expected it to be and what was the purpose of the week um the purpose of the week basically was to tell people that it's okay to be yourself and that you don't have to worry about it that there's going to be someone out there that's going to understand you and we were all pretty welcoming we at the end of the day, when our shirts, we all asked each other why that word. And we told everybody why we had that word. And necessarily our last day was when we half of us, more than half of us, didn't talk that whole entire day to represent those people who felt like they didn't have a voice. So so you you wore the shirt, but you didn't talk. Is that right? Or is oh, it? Two different days. Two different days. Okay, yeah. gotcha. All right. One but day still. we wore the shirt, and then one day we... <laughs> We're completely oh, okay. quiet. Okay. That wow. kind of. You guys are like really courageous. Like I, I, I love hearing these stories. Like this courage you guys have to do these things and to stand up against those who don't want you to have courage. So we got two final questions uh, we're going to ask you guys. So for the students, what's one thing that you, if, if there's a student listening to this podcast, uh, what's one thing you would want a student who is being bullied to hear you uh, hear from you uh, today? Like just basically everything we've talked about today. What's one thing you would want them to hear you say? 
I say to stand up for yourself, not to be the one that's being preyed on from the bullies. Just stand up for yourself and try to um, have some courage into yourself. Um, tell somebody. Um, don't be scared. Tell somebody that you trust to help you so you don't stay down. I would tell them that it's okay to be upset or angry or just feel out of place maybe sometimes every once in a while. But overall, you're supposed to be happy in life. And if you're not happy, then go look for help. Find a way to actually make your life the way that you want it to be. Um, well, I want to say to them that everybody's everybody gets hated on, no matter if you're at the top of the social chain or at the bottom, everybody gets hate that you just have to find a way to turn it around on them. They're, they can either be mad that you have something that they don't have, or it's just simple as that. Everybody gets hate, and you shouldn't really listen to it. So, Catherine, for our last question, what is one thing you would want an adult who's listening to this to hear about, about how they can help a bullied student or someone that they might suspect is being bullied? Pay attention. You know, sometimes we as adults get so caught up in our responsibilities and our work that we have tunnel vision to be, get our job done. You know, mm-hmm. teach the lesson, um, get the transcript, the credit, the whatever. And it's really get our heads up and pay attention. Um, and so I would tell any adult that I loved that, Carly, the way you said it is to don't ask what's wrong. That puts wrong on the student or on the child that something's wrong. Um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, I like the way, even the way you phrased it. What happened? What's going on? So that they don't associate wrong, that they associate that somebody cares and that they matter so that hopefully they would open up and share. And then the second thing, then don't minimize what they say. <laughs> You know, zero in to the, it's important to them, and they care enough and trust you enough to come to you, do something. This is the university for us, for the student scholars, for the tenacious ones who seek to discover new depths in their field, for the pioneers in math, theology, nursing, and education. This is the university for those seeking truth in every discipline. This is the university for you. Lubbock Christian University. So Carly, uh, listening back to this interview and preparing for this, uh, one of the things that was brought back into the front of my mind, I guess, was just the emotion mm-hmm. that uh, these students share these stories with and it's it's hard when you're listening when you're on an audio only medium like podcasting where sometimes you don't hear the emotion but you know there's some shakiness to some of the voices from some of the students some of that is because they were fighting back tears and you know um this was to kind of recount these stories was a, a tough thing for some of them right um and and uh, i just want to make sure the, the listener knows that these were we were kind of st- treading on some sacred ground here of these stories of these students. And they were really brave to kind of step into this really kind of side unseen with strangers talking about these 
these moments in their life that really have shaped them. And as we've heard through the interview, continue to have an influence on how they think and see people and trust people as well. Right. I think that's what was crazy. And I mean, I know I've talked to kids who have been bullied and this isn't a new topic. I feel like we talk about it a lot, but sitting across from teenagers who haven't been bullied for four or five years and to hear their voices shake and to see their eyes well up with tears is a whole different Mm -hmm. thing. And I just kept thinking, they're not over it yet. Mm-hmm. It's something that continually affects the way that they live, the way that they think about themselves, how they do in school. Um, and so I hope you hear that of this is not something, and Catherine said this multiple times, this isn't trivial. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that, oh, just get over it. Mm-hmm. This is something that we need to step in and help because it does have consequences that can last several years. Because it would be easy uh, without context to hear these stories and say, get over it. Like, mm-hmm. like, this is not that big of a deal, um, which I think is, you know, one of the problems with social media, with all the stories we hear online, um, the sense, this weird sensationalizing pain, um, but something like, you know, some of these stories, but, you know, as you talk to them and listen to them, these are things that they carry with them and they have to consider as they make new relationships with these people that I can trust. Um, trust was a big thing that was lost mm-hmm. in a lot of these here um, because people that they thought they could trust or they wanted these kids to be part of their lives ultimately was turned upside down and they lost all of it. Right. And I think one of the students even talked about um, when to kill himself mm-hmm. over what had happened. And so this isn't something that's small. Um, but what I love about listening to this whole interview is that they have taken that and taken that hurt and taken that pain and they want to fix it for someone else. Mm -hmm. And so I hope you heard that, especially towards the end as they talk about what they're doing on their campuses. When they talked to that very last question we asked of what would you tell a teenager? I love their answers. Um, One girl talked about, I'm going to be that safe place. Mm -hmm. If anyone doesn't have somewhere to fit in, they fit in with me. Mm -hmm. And I love that, that they're not even though you still hear the hurt and the pain in their voices, they're doing something about it and they're choosing to make someone else's life better because of their experience. Right. Catherine defined bullying as uh, pervasive, severe and persistent. And um, one of the things that's we have to remember is that, that persistent because the persistent I think can negate like if it was like a fight in the playground, um, it's really more like it's continuing every day. When mm-hmm. the kid goes to school, they can expect it, you know, right. as a part of their daily routine is getting picked on in some way or being harassed or being belittled in some way on a daily basis and how that just kind of beats them down over time. And then all of a sudden, they don't even know who they are anymore because of this persistence. And that was one one of the aspects of bullying that I'd never considered. And she talked about that. It is more than just about a kid being mean. It's a, it's a, about a kid being mean with precision. They're targeting. <laughs> They're someone. targeting. Yeah. And it, and it, and it, and it continues over time and it's almost like they have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it really becomes a huge problem. Right. I think one of the biggest things that, um, I really took away as we were having this conversation, even in the interview, I was like, wow, that's something that needs to be heard. Um, was when, they kind of started talking about school and um, one girl talks about that. She wasn't, she felt distracted in school and stuff was going on outside of school and she wasn't doing well in class and teachers assumed, Oh, she's being lazy. She doesn't care. 
she's not smart, all these different things. Um, and hearing her say, there's stuff that's going on outside of school that's affecting how I'm performing in mm-hmm. class. And so I hope that's something that, especially if you're a teacher and you're hearing this, um, asking good questions. And I know so many teachers that do care about their students, and it's not just about the grades that they make, but they care about what's going on outside. But I don't think that's my first thought, mm-hmm. even as I work with teenagers in schools of, man, why are they acting that way? I need to ask better questions because it might not be what I think it is. Well, it's much easier for adults, and I fall in this trap all the time, is just to assume, hey, they're they're being dramatic or whatever. And part of that is, and I'll speak for myself on this, not for anyone else, but just me being a little bit lazy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's much easier to say, just get over it. You're being dramatic. Because when you when you really when you have to start to dive into, is this kid being bullied? That opens up a whole lot of issues, things that you're going to have right. to deal with and questions you're going to have to ask and a long road you're going to have to walk along with that student. And so I think for a lot of us, we need to address that. Like, are we, you know, are we really in this for the long haul and for the best for our students um, and try to get past some of that laziness of not wanting to, to mm-hmm. deal with those things? Uh, but because I know I know a lot more uh, educators are going to be listening to this than some of our other podcasts. Is this really hits right at the heart of what's going on in a lot of our schools and things that teachers are having to deal with? So I really encourage teachers if you're starting to see ch- changes um, that you know grades dropping, discipline issues, be willing to ask the question: Is there something else going on? Right. Um, and there might not be. After you investigate, it might not be, but at least be willing to ask that question. That they're not just a bad kid. They're not out just to make your day bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that there might actually be something going on that you could be helpful with. Or as Catherine talked about, incorporate your district's policy on you know initiating that. You know, getting in touch with your your counselor, getting in, them part of that process where those things can be investigated. And if there's bullying, then that can be that can be found out. If not. And that kid was just kind of being turd that day. (laughs) And now you know. But at least you've done your diligence. When I think, and I've talked to students in groups before that are like, I've told an adult, no one said anything. And they saw it and they walked away. And I think what I heard from this interview is they want adults to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And they want you to intervene. And I think... A lot of times, I if I see kids doing something, I'm like, well, I don't want to embarrass them. Mm-hmm. If I ask them what's going on, then I'm pointing it out, and now everyone knows, and it's a big deal. They want you to ask. And so I think that's something that's encouraging of even if you kind of suspect, don't, I mean, don't ask them in front of a big group, but pull that kid aside and say, hey, what's going on? I just heard what he said to you. Has Have they said something like that before? What's going on? How do you feel about that? Those kind of questions are appropriate and it shows that you care. It's not necessarily being nosy, but I think every single student that we talked to in this interview said, I wish that someone had asked. I wish that someone, an adult had shown that they cared. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the biggest thing that Catherine ended on is just that we need to pay attention, Mm -hmm. Um, keeping our eyes open, trying to see what other people are not seeing, which is a difficult thing with the many responsibilities that uh, those in any kind of public school, private school, educational role right. have is to over all the things you have to do is to, to kind of keep your head in the swivel and be mindful of what is going on and knowing that bullying probably is happening on your campus and maybe even, even right in front of you mm-hmm. and that you're not realizing it. But developing those skills to be able to know what's going on, to be aware of your surroundings, being aware of the hurts that are going on with your students. 
The Don't Panic Podcast is produced by Teen Life and Ricky Lewis. Your hosts are Chris Roby and Carly Duke. The intro music you heard today comes from Under the Chandeliers. You can find them on SoundCloud or Spotify, so go take a listen. If you want to check out today's notes and resources, visit our website, don'tpanicpodcast.org. Or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Don't Panic Talk. Thanks for listening, and remember, don't panic. You've got this. Don't panic.